Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Happy Vagina, where we shame bust thoughts and feelings around all things sex, gynecology, and female body judgment. We share honestly about our experiences so you can do the same, leading to better health, better sex, and better lives. And today on The Happy Vagina, I am literally beside myself to have Chloe Delevingne back co-hosting with me. And we are joined by the amazing Alex Fox, sex educator for sex education in the BBC, and all-round genius woman around everything to do with gynecology and sexual health. What a lovely introduction. I'm happy to say that my vagina is happy, my vulva are flappy, my butt cheeks are clappy, and I've brought along a variety of sex toys, some of which are quite alarmingly zappy. So that is exactly what we're going to be focusing on today, is Alex is going to introduce Chloe and I to Vibrators. Chloe and I have come to Vibrators quite late in our sexual journey. We're not sure why. We're going to chat a bit about that later on. But anyone who hasn't had the privilege of listening to you talk on the last episode we did together of The Happy Vagina, can you just tell the listeners a tiny bit about yourself so that everyone's up to speed and on the same page? So I am Chloe Delevingne and I am one of the co-founders of the Lady Garden Foundation with the wonderful Mika Simmons. Um, I joined the charity because at a young age of 21, I was diagnosed with CIN3 and had to have part of my cervix removed. And also from a very young age, I've always kind of struggled with being, being able to talk about my vagina and things like that. So we are trying to kind of change, well, change my outlook and um, change the taboos about being able to talk about sexual health and your vagina and vulva and all of those types of things. So I'm very excited about today's chat. I'm slightly nervous, but excited. <laughs> I'll try and make you feel as comfortable as possible, Chloe. No, no reason to feel embarrassed, especially around me. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you have been through what you have. Um, although I've recently been doing some work with a charity called The Eve Appeal, who aim to raise awareness of uh, the possible signs and symptoms uh, of early cancers uh, so that people can nip them in the bud Um, and through that work I did discover that the more people masturbate and put their hands on their glands and become aware of what's normal for their bodies the more likely they are to spot when something is abnormal for them and potentially wrong so if you ever needed an excuse to get uh, up close and personal with your caboose I've just given you a good one it's all for health folks it's all for health so the point of this episode and the reason it came about is because Chloe and I just felt that we really need to investigate some things that we're potentially a bit naive about. And while we've both had great sex lives, the one thing that we haven't really looked into is vibrators. And on the last episode we did together, Chloe admitted that she was recently at a hen party and none of the other women at the hen party needed to take their vibrator home with them. So it was a group of 25 women and each of us were given a vibrator in the going home goodie bags. I don't know whether it's because they had them at home or they too were just a bit too like to know what to do with these things. So I ended up going home with five and this was a year ago and I'm 30 seven just at 37 so yeah so at the age of 36 I took home five vibrators so I was like well do you know what 
they're here. I might as well just give it a try. And that was my first experience, the ripe old age of 36. So, yeah, that's where it started. And, and it was in that moment that I kind of had this massive realisation that I'd never used a vibrator. And it was like, I just, I mean, I just think I'm quite a, a hand central person. So it's not something, but I also started to understand that I had some blocks around it and that um, potentially I didn't really know enough about vibrators. And also more to the point, as Chloe's touched on, I didn't really know enough about the importance of self-pleasure and masturbation. And Alex, I love what you've just said in terms of um, it being a really good way for you to understand your body and make sure that you know when something, I mean, at a really basic level, just when something is out of sorts. But I think Chloe and I have also started to understand that actually, um, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the orgasm because I know that some people find it very difficult to have an orgasm or, or can't, but that sexual pleasure in general is really good for your mental health. Yes, I work with a Japanese company called Tenga, um, and they've just done a massive survey of about 20,000 people globally. It's one of the biggest of its kind. And they found that um, all over the world, more and more people are coming to recognise that masturbation can be part of self-care um, and part of our own well-being. Um, I'm a strong believer that if once you know how to make yourself feel good for yourself, by yourself, it's a lot easier to demonstrate that to somebody else and have greater partnered experiences if you want to as well. Um, honestly, I could go on about, um, until the cows come home from a six-week round-the-world cruise about all the reasons why you should masturbate. But I'm interested in what these blocks are that you refer to. Why do you think you both did maybe, um, comparatively to some people, come late to vibrators although Chloe I'm imagining you now using all five at once <laughs> in some very inventive orifices I mean when I say that I kind of came to vibrators only a year ago that's the same goes for masturbation a year ago before that I never I don't know what it was from a young age just never you never had the conversation at home just never felt never actually felt particularly connected to my vagina vulva but um also I suppose from the age of 21 getting the cervical cancer I think I definitely had a mental block with my cervix with my lady garden and had a, a slightly annoyed with it that it had kind of failed me at such a young age already but so yeah that's where I'm at for then and then just never just to never touch myself never worked out that that was something that I could do for myself it's I don't know where it stemmed from it sounds like you had particular reasons for associating your foof with challenge and pain rather than pleasure and uh, exploration and excitement. But I think more broadly for a lot of women, we don't talk about or perhaps even practice masturbation because the messages we get at school from sex education, if we even receive them at all, are all about partnered sex. It's all about P in V. It's all about putting a pole in a hole, being the sole goal. You know, we're only ever taught, we're only ever really taught about sex being and, and pleasure being something that happens between two people not for women on our own. Um, thankfully, I think that younger women and younger generations are starting to open up both physically and psychologically to the idea that masturbation is a really positive thing in their lives. Um, but I think for anybody at any stage in their life, if you haven't tried something before, um, particularly when it comes to sex toys, when there's such a, an overwhelming range of them, um, you can feel it, it can be a little bit, um, it can make you feel a bit vulnerable, can't it? 
where do you begin? Also, from a practical point of view, it's like, well, where do you then keep them? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I know that sounds weird, but in my bedside table, but what if my children go in there? Or what if my sister's going in to look for a, a packet of Nurofen? I kind of think, I think quite practically like that. So logistically, I'm just also like, it's, like I don't want you know, the giant one that you held up earlier. It's my father walking in and picking up. Oh, this is my back massage. Do you know what I mean? It's just a little, it makes me slightly nervous. Or even worse, <laughs> your dad walking in and going, oh, that's where I left it. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's interesting that you mentioned storage because with a lot of modern vibrators, um, they are rechargeable and the way that they're stored and charged um, is something that people are thinking about quite proactively and um uh, innov- with lots of innovation in the design. So uh, there are some toys that I can introduce you to today that actually come in very discreet boxes that charge them at the same time as keeping them out of sight and out of the hands, the sticky little mitts of young people who perhaps shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be exploring them just yet. Yeah, can I just say, though, that I, I have to say, Chloe, I beg to differ that your sisters would really care if they saw your vibration. I suspect they might take it and have a go. No, no, okay, fine. Maybe not sister, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Parent, friend, I don't know. I mean, but again, what I, what I don't know why I should be embarrassed about my friend finding a vibrator it's just it's it's something in my head not something no we need to normalize it I yes think completely what Lisa's is saying is that there are these um kind of uh ways to keep them not not just to be discreet but also for hygiene like quite often mine's on the side and I go oh no like the dust and everything I think it's good to put them away and look after them so that we can vagina really well but um but I think that just to normalise it so that they'd be around like a spoon or a fork. <laughs> where, where does this shame come from? Like, why are we so ashamed of sex? Why are we so ashamed of having orgasm, particularly, as you say, as women? And picking up on what you said, I like it's not just that they don't teach us about self-pleasure in school. There is no entry point, in, in particularly in the UK, for women to understand that they should and could have desire. Like, it, it's even deeper than kind of like the education. Things are getting better in that domain. Um, there are a number of movements to uh, help women feel empowered to recognise and take charge of their own desires. Um, and also programmes to help them explore that at various points in their life. Um, have you heard of an app called Furly, for example? It's a female-founded app and it involves... Um, a variety of exercises that you can do on your mobile phone, many of which are audio based. So you listen along almost like a lesson, really. Uh, and they encourage you to work through exercises to help you discover what feels good in your body, but also change your mindset about enjoying that process of discovery. Um, some of the exercises that are on Furley involve things like body mapping, where in a very methodical step-by-step way, you're encouraged to uh, explore different sensations and techniques and touches and textures all over your whole body. One thing that I think people, um, I I, I wouldn't say get wrong about masturbation because there is no wrong really. If it feels right for you, then it is right for you. Um, I think a lot of people tend to focus just straight on the genitals they they treat things like their clitoris is the bullseye and they're playing darts with their parts you know um when in fact our whole bodies are an all-you-can-eat buffet of potential deliciousness and if we can open our minds to 
all the different ways that we can feel turned on and excited and satisfied, um, then it gives us more options. And for some people who've had, as you describe, blocks about masturbation, starting in a place that isn't their foof can make them feel more comfortable. It's a lot less intimidating to begin touching yourself on the insides of your wrist, for example, or exploring how it feels to caress your neck than it is to put your hands straight down your pants, um, which for some people um, has connotations of being dirty or grubby or uh, an an insult to the gods if you're a religious person. So um, actually being more holistic about your approach to masturbation can help it feel a little bit less intimidating if you're somebody who's struggled with it in the past. Um, Another exercise that I think is on Furley and one that I've found really useful myself lately, even even as um, I'm not someone who ever has problems with procrastination when it comes to masturbation, (laughs) but I'm still discovering new things. And something that I've been trying lately is called sensate focus. Um, This is a practice that encourages you to become more aware of sensations in daily life. So to give you some examples, uh, in the morning when you're in the shower, trying to focus on how the individual droplets feel all over your body, to savour the smell of your shower gel, to uh, take your time really focusing on how it feels to lather up the shampoo in your hair when you're out of the shower, uh, to focus on how drying yourself off with the towel feels on different parts of your body. Maybe you want to listen to some music while you're doing that and see how different rhythms affect your mood. I know it sounds like I'm really hamming up a very ordinary everyday experience, but if you can hone in on the potential for pleasure every day from those little things, it makes it easier to appreciate pleasure in your sexual life or in your personal life. And Alex... (laughs) we believe you might have a treasure chest (laughs) now when you guys asked me to give you a bit of an introduction to sex toys I've tried to I've prepared a little taster menu for you because it really is a massive world Um, but what I propose we do is uh, I'll take you through the main key types and what might appeal to you about them and then maybe show you a few more experimental things at the uh, if we're if we're working on a scale from mild to wild, then these ones are in the sexual safari uh, category. <laughs> so I'm going to ease you in gently, if that's okay. How does that sound to you? Sounds great. Sounds very Brilliant. much. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. When you're choosing a sex toy for the first time, there's a couple of tips I'd give you. Firstly, if you possibly can go to an inviting, welcoming sex shop in person. Um, That means that you can actually hold toys in your hands. You can feel the weight of them. You can get an idea of the finish on them, you know, that that tactile feeling, uh, because some of them have quite a hard finish. Others of them are quite squishy and squidgy. I've got a few that feel delightfully marshmallowy. They're they're really gorgeous. Um, You can also get an idea of how easy they might be to angle. The angle of dangle matters to a lot of different people because our bodies are wired slightly differently. So something that fits perfectly and tessellates to the tush of one person won't do the same job for another. Um, It also means that you can ask questions. Um, there are some brilliant sex shops out there. Um, in particular, there's one in London called Shush Emporium, which is female founded. 
Mika, you're nodding. Have you paid them a visit? No, but it was just actually, it reminded me that um, about 10 years ago, and I'm not sure if it was, it was, I think it was when it was first starting, but, um, and it was just online maybe, or no, it was just in person, but I had had this ongoing issue, vestibulitis, where the the nerves in the wall of my um, vagina were overstimulated. So I had this kind of, um, uh, it, it's, it was pain, but it was to do with numbness. Anyway, my physiotherapist suggested that I go there and get a vibrator and I, and I, and I didn't do it. But here, here, I, am. <laughs> here I am today. <laughs> well, congratulations on your journey. Um, but I'm sorry that you you didn't feel that you could do that or weren't inclined to do that at the time because in particular, shush is very welcoming. I think often people I, think of... I was completely ashamed. I just remember that she gave me this um, leaflet, a physio leaflet, and she wrote the name of the vibrator shop on the top. And I found it a few months later and just felt a feeling of shame about going in there. I was, I, I've got a really strong imagination and I could see myself going in and having to ask about um about a vibrator or how or how and I just I couldn't bring myself to do it and I put the flyer in the bin I think when a lot of people think of sex shops they think of doomy imposing dungeon spaces where someone's gonna like crop you with a whip the minute you walk through the door or they think of somewhere that's a bit sticky and icky and grubby you know those those old ideas of the Soho sex shop and whilst for some people that kind of atmosphere is actually a turn-on to feel uh, a little illicit and explicit um Mm. other people don't don't want that experience they want something a bit more laid back and there are increasingly sex shops that will cater to folk who want to look for sex toys without that actually being a sexual experience in itself. Mm. Um, shopping for something that's for, for your personal life doesn't have to be a sexual experience unless you want it to be. Um, and places like Shush have really made things a lot more accessible. Um, I recognise that not everybody can get into a store like that, though, and pick things up and, and see how powerful they are and whatnot. Um Reading reviews of toys online, I know that Love Honey are really brilliant at um, having loads and loads of very honest, comprehensive customer reviews of toys. Because let's face it, some of these, before you want to put them on your your tuppence, you're going to have to spend a pretty penny. They can be quite expensive. So it's important, I think, to do a little bit of research and reading around because there's nothing more disappointing than spunking a load of cash on something that doesn't make you spunk from your gash. (laughs) So do your research first uh, before you make that purchase, if at all possible. Um, The second thing to contemplate is if you are somebody who is already masturbating, what kind of things do you enjoy? Um, do you tend to use your fingers only externally? Um, I'm going to invite a friend into our conversation at this point. Um, for everybody who's, li- who's listening without visuals, what I'm holding right now is uh, a pal of mine called Val, Val Var, and she is a plush stuffed silk and velvet vulva toy that I use for um for demonstrating uh sex toys and sexual techniques to people um a lot of people feel uh quite intimidated by things like uh medical diagrams or for instance folks like you Chloe might associate um a very uh clinical picture of uh genitals with with a bad experience for you that might well bring back memories of of things being 
stressful. So um, my squidgy friend Val uh, comes in very handy. I've also used her as a travel pillow during long train journeys. Can I ask, <laughs> did you make Val yourself? I commissioned Val. Okay, uh, good. Val was stitched by somebody else. Of all of my skills, sewing is not one of them. Val would look um, uh, like she perhaps had some um, genetic mutations going on had I made it myself (laughs) um but if you're somebody who tends to when you're masturbating with your hand just focus on the outside so uh, you tend to stroke your labia the lips of your vulva and you might focus on just uh, stimulating the clitoris then a toy that's only external might work best for you if you're someone that likes to actually insert your fingers inside of yourself or hell carrots, cucumbers, whatever you've been finding around the house, not advisable, but it is what a lot of people do, then you might you might enjoy something that has internal stimulation. Now, the classic toy that a lot of people go for is a rabbit. Um, and I have uh, an example here, a really good one, actually, that's made by a company called Nomi Tang, who I think are German. Um, rabbits can be good because you get that internal and external clitoral and internal stimulation at once even if you're somebody who doesn't necessarily um, get off on the feeling of penetration some women find that um, at the point of orgasm because their um, their vaginal canal clenches you know you know that those those waves of, of opening and closing having something inside them to rebound against can actually feel really good Um, However, as much as the rabbit is a classic design and a very popular one for good reason, um, there's an argument for just starting with something external and maybe even having a second internal toy so that you can switcheroo a little bit and find exactly what works for you. Um, Not all rabbits work for every person because of the way they're angled, which we referred to before. So some people might find that the insertable portion feels great inside of them when it's all the way in the little tickler that's designed to sit on the clitoris is actually in the wrong spot Uh, or they might find that um the the angle between the internal probe and the external vibrator is too tight and it nips them um that's another good reason to actually go into shops and have a look at something and think about how it might feel for your own uh personal anatomy increasingly Uh, rabbits are being designed to be a bit more flexible um, and even adjustable sometimes so that they can be custom fit to your bits Um, but rewinding a little bit a good place to start if you've never had a vibrator or a sex toy before is a simple bullet vibrator so-called because they look a little bit like a bullet Um, and trust me some of these things can they, they look small but they they can they can kill your foof dead in the most pleasurable of ways they can give you that little that little death the one i'm holding here which is pink and i can demonstrate there can you hear that it's it's quite hard plastic can you hear that yeah um this is uh by a company called we vibe and it's called the we vibe tango it is a little legend 
Um, lots of people favor this vibrator because it's rechargeable and it's got a lot of oomph. You can start it off delicate, just like a little tickle for your pickle, but you can ramp this thing up until you could practically use it to uh, to do DIY with, which you kind <laughs> of are, you know, it's, it's doing yourself one way or another. However, some people don't like that hard finish. Um, for some folks, particularly if there's a, there's a, there's a hot spot on their clitoris that they like to to angle their their vibrator on they find that something with a smooth hard surface like this doesn't get quite enough grip to hold it in place um, or they find that the uh, the finish is so hard that when it vibrates repeatedly against those tender parts of themselves it can leave them a little bit sore or numb uh, and no one wants to chafe chuff do they so considering, considering the material that your toy is made out of is a good thing. Um, I've got some other bullet vibrators here or um, variants on bullets. This one looks like a little lipstick. This is the um, Eroa stick. And I don't know whether you can see this on camera, but it's a lot softer. It's got like a velvety finish. The end of it is shaped almost like a little doe's hoof, like a, like a Bambi foot. Uh, and that's designed so that you can either have broad vibrations which spread out through the vulva, or you can flip it around and have something a little bit more pinpoint. So considering whether you like the sensation to spread through your body or just stay in one place, really focused, doing that hocus pocus magic exactly where you want it is something to bear in mind. Um, this one, again, is by a Japanese company called Eroa, and this one's called the Zen. And it was actually inspired by a, a traditional whisk for Japanese tea. So let's, it might be your cuppa. Um, this one's got ridges on the outside that allow you to spin it against your body and get that like a little bit of grippy friction. You could use that one internally as well. Yes. But it's, but it's really nice and squidgy. It's, it's really got some... It feels like a gummy sweetie or something. And that softness is something that some people appreciate. Um, with the harder ones, is there any truth in um, in the episode that Chloe and I did um, earlier this year? One of the things that came up was around um, overuse of vibrators and that it could have an effect on, on particularly, I suppose, with clitoral stimulation. So desensitization. Thank you, Chloe. Exactly. Bingo. Um, physiologically, using any type of vibrator won't change your nerves. So you can't do permanent damage. Um, no matter how attached emotionally and physically you get to your new little buzzing buddy, um, even if you feel like you are, you know, <laughs> maybe really going for it, um, you're not going to do any long term harm. However, um, you can your body can become a little bit used to, uh, it can kind of over acclimatize to stimulation. So if you are using sex toys a lot, your body can acclimatize and you can become slightly perhaps reliant on them. Um, the comparatively soft touch of your fingers, you might find doesn't produce the same effect when your body's gotten a little bit used to something with <laughs> a whole lot of oomph, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, in order to correct that, really, you just need to have, you just need to uh, step away from your battery-operated buddy for a while or your mains-powered marvellous, um, I'm trying to think of something that's alliterative, 
mechanism. There we go. <laughs> if you give it a rest for a bit, then that will help you reset. And that's actually something that I, I advocate. I think sex toys are a brilliant thing, but maybe using using them all of the time can uh, ironically maybe narrow uh the types of pleasure that are available to your body if you get a bit used to them. Have you ever been spinning? <laughs> Is it on a bike? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, just checking. There wasn't another word for something else that I didn't know about yet. <laughs> oh, we can invent it if you want, though. Um, well, the first time I went spinning, I really bruised my foof. My Lord, my vulva felt like someone had been using it as a big bass drum. Um, and I, I've got and special I, pants for it now, padded yeah. pants for spinning. <laughs> but I also found that over time, my body very usefully in that context, it, it just, I didn't feel as sore anymore. I got used to it. Repeating any kind of motion or activity, your body does acclimatize to it. And sometimes that's a good thing and a useful one. Sometimes not so much. So just returning to these clitoral stimulators, uh, outside of your basic bullets, um, there are some variations. I've brought a couple of those along too. Um, uh, This one is by a great company called Hot Octopus and it's called the Digit. Um, It's a bullet style vibrator, but which fits on your finger. Um, This might be a great way of introducing sex toys to a partner because it's very intuitive. You just you just let it wander where your hand would. Um, It still packs quite a punch, though, as well. That one, it's got it's got some oomph. Um, This is just this little heart shaped one is just to to illustrate how cute and how unassuming sex toy uh, design can be. Now, Chloe, you were talking about leaving your sex toys on the side. I think you could quite possibly leave this tiny little heart-shaped device in full view on your bedside table and someone might assume that it was makeup or you don't want the kids to then start playing with it because it looks so sweet though (laughs) good points I agree (laughs) good point and moving on to points um this is something that I was sent recently it's a purple and it looks kind of like an alien tentacle finger Uh, and if I open it up I think this is called a Vimeo sorry a zoom it's called a Zoomio. Uh, it's got a very fine point. I think it looks like um, one of those dental water picks, you know, the, the automated flossers. Um, I'll just turn this on for you. Now, this is the, I feel like I'm doing a laser pointer at you. This is the ultimate in pinpoint stimulation. And rather than vibrating by going up and down or back and forth very fast, it actually draws teeny weeny little circles. It oscillates in miniature circles. Um, It's very intense, but for people who like pinpoint clitoral stimulation, it's great. Um, Then a slightly different toy. This one, I think, looks like a thermometer or maybe a plastic lamprey, right? <laughs> uh, it's a, it looks very different to what you might imagine when you think of a sex toy or a vibrator. Um, this is called the Womanizer Starlet. Womanizer are a German company and um, the name does not have the same connotations in Germany as it does in the UK. <laughs> so, but I think they and Brittany are taking back the word womanizer. They're, re, they're re, reframing it for 2020. Um, again, this offers a, non, a very different type of stimulation to traditional vibration. Um, this little opening that you can see, there's, a, there's an oval-shaped hole on the front of the vibrator, on the front of the toy, that sits, let's get Val back. 
that sits over your clitoris and stimulates it rather than tapping against it repeatedly by blowing and sucking on it with tiny little pulses of air. It is next level. You're going to have to make sure that your curtains are closed, your windows are sealed, and that the neighbours are wearing noise-cancelling earphones when you use this one, because it. I honestly think this could conjure a climax from a stone. Um, a lot of women that I have spoken to, or clitoris owners, say that if they found traditional vibrators to be numbing or to make them a bit sore because this works differently, it works It works better for them. Um, but it's, uh, it's a whole new different style of clitoral stimulation. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you try a sex toy once or twice and it doesn't work for you, don't chuck it to the back of the bedside drawer to gather dust and rust and must uh, and never to be seen again. Do give it another go. There are all sorts of fluctuations in our bodies that can change our sexual response to a particular type of stimulation. Uh, the point at which we're at in our menstrual cycle, the type of contraception we're using, especially if it's something hormonal, whether we're stressed, whether we're tired, uh, just what we fancy that day. There are all, all sorts of influential factors that might mean something that feels golden one day um, isn't even coming close to bronze on another. So do give it another go. Um, you might be right as well that the type of stimulation you need is you need a bit more pressure. You need something to push against you rather than a flutter. Um, you want something that's got a bit more meatiness to it. Now, I'm going to bring another one of my my little dem demonstrative pals into the game here. Um, this is Cletus the clitoris because she's quite basic. OK, she's a 3D printed model. Um, We've actually only discovered the internal structure of the clitoris relatively recently. Uh, it began to be documented in the 90s and we're still discovering things about it. Um, but lots of people think the clitoris is just this magic button that we can see on the outside of ourselves, which um, in my model here is demonstrated by this, this little head part. This, I'm trying to make this easy to follow for someone who's just, just listening on audio. If you Google internal structure of the clitoris, then you should be able to find yourself a helpful diagram. Uh, it looks kind of like a, a, a pigeon with, or a penguin rather, with very pendulous breasts. That's what you're looking for, okay? We now know that this little button 
on the outside is really the tip of a much bigger and more pleasurable iceberg. Um, it's got two legs called crura and two um, erectile tissue structures called uh, bulbs that are hidden inside of the body and run down behind the labia. We now think that some women experience pleasure from internal stimulation in the area that we used to call the G-spot because we're actually pressing against and stimulating those inside hidden parts of the clitoris. Um, I like to call that place the G-area now because I think the G-spot suggests that there's like one discrete anatomical structure that, that's very precise when in fact it's a lot more spread out. Um, lots of specialists these days refer to the CUV complex or clitorourethral vaginal complex because everything, all of these wonderful parts work together in tandem uh, to, to, to give us our sexual response. Um, so talking about the G area can be very helpful uh, and identifying that you enjoy that kind of stimulation can be great when you're choosing a sex toy. Um, I've brought a couple of rather different ones along and perhaps now is a good time to introduce you to those Mika um if you're someone who likes something inside of yourself you might want to go ahead I do (laughs) (laughs) Um, what I have here this is admittedly a rather fetishistic example but I have here a glass dildo the difference between a dildo and a vibrator Um, strictly speaking, is a dildo doesn't vibrate. Um, People are often a bit threatened by glass toys because they imagine them smashing or breaking, but they're actually made of pretty tough stuff. Um, You'd have to have an incredibly muscular orgasm in order to crush this little guy, let me tell you now. Um, What's good about glass toys is um, they retain temperature. So you could immerse something like this in ice cold water or in a hot bath and it would take on that temperature. So it's easier, easy to incorporate sensory play. They also offer like a really beautiful slippery surface that they're quite, you know, the, the, the sensation of them in terms of their finish is very appealing and they're rather beautiful. I think for people who struggle with blocks when it comes to masturbation, something that looks gorgeous can help them wrap their head around the idea that they're going to have a gorgeous experience. It doesn't look phallic. It doesn't look um, tasteless or a bit uh, cheap. Um, The aesthetics of a product can do a lot in terms of how we feel in our attitude towards it. Um, And especially if you're someone who's perhaps seeking to create a masturbation experience that's more ritualized, that's about honoring your body, that's about making your body feel good, but also making you feel good about your body, then choosing items that appeal to you visually can be part of that personal ritual for you and make you feel a bit more special and a bit more excited about what you're going to do, because you're not picking something up um, that looks like a baseball bat covered in a surgical stocking you know (laughs) and this particular glass toy is made by a company called icicles and uh, it looks like a tentacle tongue which is why it is like it's slightly more about role play um another beautiful one that i have is made um i actually made it myself at a workshop with my dear friend adele bridges uh, and it's made of pottery it's ceramic 
Um, oh. This is a going back to your hen parties, Chloe. Yeah. If you want a wonderful hen party activity, Adele runs decorator dildo workshops. Um, and Amazing. Not, not only do these sex toys end up being incredibly beautiful and personalised. Um, she casts them in porcelain and then you can pick your own transfers to decorate them with. But they're a lot more versatile than they might initially look. Again, porcelain is um, its pretty tough and uh, it retains temperature. But as you can see, my, my dildo here is hollow. It has a cork in the bottom. And that means that you can fill it up with hot or cold water which not only changes uh, the warmth of it, but also the weight. So you can make it heavier if you want something that that, that kind of sits inside you with a bit more presence. Um, have also been known to carry hot toddies in it um, as like a little mobile <laughs> cocktail. It's a hot todger filled with hot toddies. Perfect for pride. <laughs> Precisely, yeah. Um, moving on, um, if you are somebody that finds that bullet vibrators are maybe a little bit too pinpoint for you um and you or, or you're you're seeking greater power you need something that's got a bit more oomph to 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 knock you over the edge into o-town then the ultimate really the ultimate um impact in terms of power is a wand vibrator now these, the most famous example of these is made by Hitachi, the Hitachi magic wand. And it was originally marketed uh, as a back massager. People stu- soon figured out that um, it was great for your shoulders, but also for uh, down you know, parts a little bit lower in the body. Uh, and it started popping up quite famously in pornography. Uh, and Hitachi sales went through the roof as people got beneath the covers using this product. Um, unfortunately, they were so ashamed of that association that for a while they stopped manufacturing it, even though it was making them grand and making people feel grand. The company was so embarrassed by what people were using their massager for that they took it out of production for a little while. I think, I think it's now back back in the factories uh, and, and, and bringing joy to many a, many a home. Um, but there are lots of other companies now making, making wand vibrators. The one I have here is made by uh, a British company called Doxy. Um, it's pretty heavy. It's mains powered, which gives it that, that extra oomph. Um, and it, as you can see, it has a, a really beautiful metallic finish on it. The guys who used to, who you now run Doxy, used to run a scaffolding firm. Um, and I, I think that's, you can kind of see that in the build, right? It has an industrial feel to it. Now, a lot of people would find this an incredibly frightening object to look at because it looks massive and it is heavy. I want to reassure you that this is not for internal use, okay? <laughs> Wand vibrators are for the outside of the body only. So that's one thing that maybe will make them feel a little bit less intimidating. Also, even though they are long, that's partly so that you can get a lot of variation in the angle and you can reach lots of different parts of the body. Um, one of the reasons that these are so successful in coaxing out a climax from people. In fact, I think there was a study, it was in one of the sexual journals, I'll have to go back and check which, but in anorgasmic women, that's people who hadn't achieved an orgasm before, 
93% of them in a trial with with mains powered one vibrators managed to orgasm. Um, wow. Can you so, say, can you say a bit more um, as we've kind of like gone into it about about that? So for anyone's listening, so obviously one suggestion would be to get a wand, but um, can you just say a bit more about why women may not be able to have an orgasm? And I know, Alex, that you're not a medical expert, but like just through your teachings, like what are the things that come up and what would be your first suggestions? Yes. So what would be your, what are your kind of like top tips for a woman who thinks, what's the point? I never have an orgasm and, and worse, maybe having, you know, ongoing sex with a partner without experiencing any pleasure. Oh, okay. Well, there's lots to talk about there. Um, firstly, I never use the phrase women who can't orgasm. It's women who haven't orgasmed yet or women who are struggling to orgasm currently. There's always potential. Um, there are lots and lots of different factors that uh, affect someone's sexual response. One of the things I'm seeing a lot at the moment is because so many more people are being prescribed antidepressants, uh, which are great for the blues, um, that unfortunately they're not so great for a lot of people's pink bits. Um, commonly prescribed antidepressants, SSRIs or serot- uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors to give them their, their full mouthful of a name, um, can do wonderful things for your mood if you need a little bit of a leg up, but they're not so great for the places between your legs. Lots of people find that it makes it harder for them to become sexually aroused, their libido drops, and it can make it more difficult to achieve orgasm as well. So if you're um, if you're somebody who's on those meds, or if you're somebody who's depressed but isn't medicated, depression and stress can have a huge effect on your libido and your sexual response. So the way that you're feeling in yourself can affect how the bits of yourself feel. Um, and I think there's a lot of psychology involved in, in one's ability to orgasm. If you don't think it's going to happen, it's less likely to. And letting go of that belief that you are a non-orgasmic, non-pleasure feeling person can take a lot of work. Um, For some, that involves some sexual therapy. For others, it involves a gradual process of doing things like sensate focus and body mapping and building up to it. Um, Rushing straight in with a sex toy is not the answer for everybody, although it can sex toys can can offer help because if you make masturbation to or sex if you make it too goal oriented and put pressure upon yourself to achieve something for a start ironically focusing on that so hard does the equivalent of um turning a cold hose on (laughs) on your parts you know and thinking this is only going to be a valid and enjoyable experience if i definitely orgasm does not for a pleasurable time make, does it? Um, uh, But I would also, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here. I think some people and some people's partners use the idea that, oh, it's all about the journey. Oh, it's just about pleasure. It doesn't matter if you orgasm or not as an excuse to never try and get that climax. It can sometimes, as much as, as much as saying focus on the pleasure, not the orgasm, can be a very helpful thing. It can also be a cop out, particularly when someone else in the room has got their cock out, I find. <laughs> so if you want to achieve an orgasm, 
if that's what you maybe maybe I shouldn't use the word achieve if you want to experience an orgasm that is a valid thing to want try and enjoy the journey and the exploration as well try and seek pleasure more broadly but I don't think that any woman should be chastised for wanting to seek that experience so if you're in a relationship, I guess um, any relationship, but I'm going to talk about a heterosexual sexual relationship because I am heterosexual and you wanted to let your partner know that you've been um, you've been saying it's OK not to have an orgasm, but actually that's not OK. How do you transition into saying, you know, what would be your suggestion around or which vibrator? What would you suggest someone has a play with a vibrator first and then says, I found this vibrator and it's worked for me and can we try it? There's a lot to unpick there, isn't there? I think it can be particularly difficult for people who are in long-term relationships to say that they want to try something new sexually or even more challengingly to say or, or, or to kind of admit what we've been doing so far hasn't been working for me and perhaps hasn't been working for me as much as I've been making out that it has. There are all sorts of reasons why we overstate how much of a good time we're having with our partners. We don't want to ruin their egos. We sometimes internalize the idea that we're not feeling pleasure or experiencing orgasm because it's our fault. It's not theirs. There's something wrong with us, so we won't make a big fuss about it. The problem is that for whatever reason that you're faking orgasms or overstating your pleasure or pretending that something is fine, and that it's marvellous when really it's more like, meh, you know. <laughs> um, the problem is that is that with that is it sets up a, a problematic feedback loop. The message that you've given to your partner, with all good intention, is that what they're doing is enough and working, and so they'll keep repeating it. And when you've been doing that for a long time, the stakes get higher and higher, and it becomes more and more difficult to undo it. It can be really difficult. Um, One of the suggestions that I have um, is actually to use a bit of a white lie. We've already touched on how things like um, hormonal contraception, stress, tiredness, the part of of your menstrual cycle that you're in, uh, the menopause, pregnancy, childbirth. We know that there's loads of things that can legitimately affect our sexual response. Fucking lean on them. (laughs) Honestly, if it's the difference between telling a little bit of a fib and pretending that it's one of those things that means that you need a little bit of different stimulation versus keeping mum and shtum and never saying anything because you're too embarrassed. I think a little bit of a lie is better than staying dry for the rest of your goddamn life. (laughs) So, so, um, using, using one of those excuses, saying something like, uh, and making it, when you, when you speak to your partner, if you make it about the action rather than the person and your body rather than yourself, placing a little bit of distance between you and the scenario can make things a bit gentler. Um, to illustrate what I mean there, saying something like, hey, I've noticed that my body doesn't respond the same way when we do this thing. Could we try something different? sounds a little bit more gentle than I don't feel good when you do that anymore okay so (laughs) making it about my body rather than me at that stage can be helpful then hopefully when you move on to um, suggesting things that you would find pleasurable 
that's when you want to make it a bit more personal and make it sound like an exciting invitation to explore something together rather than a command or a demand. Um, so saying um, something like, uh, I've seen this toy and I'm really intrigued as to the fun that we could have using that together. Uh, m- make it a shared experience, an invitation to do something new and fresh. Um, I think a lot of men, sadly, still see sex toys as the competition. They think that they're going to replace their penises <laughs> or that using a sex toy is an affront to their sexual skill. Trying to frame it more as an amazing power tool that will give them the incredible power to take their sexual experiences and, and, the, and the feelings that they're giving to someone else to the next level and like making it really exciting. Mika, you look excited yourself. I guess finger vibrator, Chloe, that finger vibrator. That, I mean, that's got to be like... In, in like the I digit. Mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that is definitely the one to give, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I think that's a great one. If we're talking about giving sex toys, though, I think giving, if you wanted to uh, introduce them to the, the bedroom for the first time, sometimes giving something that is a partnered toy or even a toy just designed for someone with a penis, just designed for men, can be really helpful. Once men realise that sex toys... Um, have the ability to really broaden your realms of sexual experience and the um, the spectrum of sensation that you're feeling. And they have a personal experience where they've realized that a toy can make them feel radically different and bring them an experience they have never had before. They will, I think that can help them understand how it is for women a little bit more and feel less threatened by sex toys. Um, I've got one here that's for penis owners. This is a Tenga egg. It looks like a Kinder egg, but if I open it up, what's inside is, oh, it's, uh, it kind of looks like a squid's head, I think. It's white, it's gelatinous and squidgy. It's an egg-shaped, um, stretchy toy with a hole in the bottom and if I turn it inside out you can see the inside it's lined with all sorts of uh, waves and textures these come in in a huge variety you can get ones with dots ones with hearts the way that you work it is you take a little bit of lubricant you add a few drops into the hole in the bottom of the tenga egg you stretch it over the penis. I have a, a clear probe that I'm going to use, an Instagram-friendly probe instead. Stretch it over the penis <laughs> on the end, like you would maybe a condom. And then because it's stretchy, you just put your hand around it and, and wank as you would do usually. I need a bit more lube on that one. There's some Ooh. great sound effects here, guys. <laughs> yeah. And as you're moving it up and down, there we go. Those fins inside caress the penis. Again, a really intuitive toy. Once you know how to use it, it's second nature. Most men are already making this up and down motion with their hands uh, at at some point in their lives already. But I think for someone with a penis to experience that sensation can really be um, quite an eye opener. And can then mean that experimenting with toys as a couple or with their female partner feels more like an adventure and less like a threat. That is for a man 
for himself or for a woman to use with her partner on the man. That yes. is all that you can use in terms of sexual intercourse. It's just for masturbation. Not That's a toy just for masturbation for people with penises. But my point is that once somebody has with a penis has experienced a toy made just for them, it can really change their attitudes to toys more generally. So if you have a bloke who's got a problem with toys for whatever reason, buying him his own and making him realize how different the sensations with them can be, that that toy is not, that, that's not a, um, a substitute vagina or a substitute person. It's yeah. an addition. It's a seasoning. It's a different flavor. And I think some people need to realize that. You're not saying, I want to use a toy because you're not good enough or I don't like you. You're saying, I want to use a toy because I'd like additional experiences and more excitement and more stimulation and we can we can share this together. I'm getting quite evangelical about this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, should we have her, um, Alex's favourite two, favourite two vibrators? That's exactly what I wanted to know. What are your, well, no, but personal favourites or one that she would recommend the most? Two different... Oh, let's have one of each. Your favourite. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, all right. To a newbie. To a newbie. To, yeah. to, to a, a newbie. newbie. Okay. To a newbie, to a seasoned pro, something they may not have tried, and then your favourite. So three. <laughs> okay, perfect. Oh, there's a Just there's so we cover all bases. Okay. To a newbie who is a single woman or someone in a heterosexual relationship. I want to recommend a subscription service called The Sway. Uh, it's a female-founded company. You can also buy their subscription boxes as a one-off. Um, they're really design-led, so everything is very beautiful. This one is produced in, um, in conjunction with Jamila Jamil's iWay Foundation. Um, every box is ever so pretty. It doesn't look smutty and grubby. It looks... It looks like something that you'd buy from an upmarket fashion store. And inside, not only does it come with loads of toys and lubes and uh, beginners vibrators to experiment with, but it comes also with a set of cards that give you tips on how to use the toys inside and conversational icebreakers to help suggest to your partner that you want to try them. So yeah. that's, that's great for couples. Uh, in terms of women who've never had a sex toy before. And I think we've covered quite a lot of that, really. Um, something I've discovered recently is um, the Iroa um, Tamari. Tamari is uh, a Japanese word that um, means, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a traditional ball-shaped toy. Um, this toy, I thought, it, I thought it worked totally differently to how it does. Um, it's dome-shaped. When I take the lid off, and Chloe, this is the great example of what we were talking about before with storage and charging being part of the great design. This case, it's got a, a little um, charge point on the back of it. That just sits next to your power outlet and charges on your uh, on your bedside table, but the case is also part of the toy itself. It looks when like a diffuser the, or something. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. does. It does. <laughs> um, when you take the lid off, What's inside looks like a little ball. And I originally, it, it kind of looks like an egg in an egg cup, right? I originally thought that you had to take the ball out, but it doesn't come out. The way this works is there's a button on the bottom. You press that down to turn it on. Hopefully mine's powered up, yeah. And this is like a mini wand vibrator 
without the long handle. That means it looks a lot less intimidating than that big old doxy that I showed you before. The case has been designed so that the vibrations from the toy don't transfer to your fingers too much. So you don't end up with a numb hand or, you know, that weird shaky <laughs> feeling like after you've been riding a moped for too long or whatnot. Not. Um, but that rounded, broad, bigger surface that's covered in a lovely silicone here, that dissipates the vibrations across a broader surface area and they run deeper into the body. So it's less pinpoint. It stimulates more, more nerve endings and thus, for some people, can invoke more of a pleasurable response. Um, some women find that they need more, they need um, spread out, quite, quite rumbly vibrations. Um, you'll find that sex toy connoisseurs talk about whether a toy is buzzy or rumbly. Rumbly vibrations are, are, are kind of, they run deeper and, and um, travel further, whereas buzzy are more, um, more kind, of, kind of a surface sensation. Some people don't like rumbly vibrations, so they feel like they're shaking their whole body. Um, other people find that a buzzy vibrator just, it doesn't light up enough nerve endings to make them light up. So the Tamari, I just, I think it's a great design. It's super, super cute. If you want a wand effect, but in um, a, a very adorable <laughs> and quite tra quite kind of like travel travel appropriate setup, then it's perfect. I'm struggling for my words here. It's because I'm thinking about the lovely times me and it have shared. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's emotional. So, yeah, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, another personal favourite. This is. Uh, the WeVibe Moxie. And this is actually a panty vibrator. It fits inside your knickers. Um, it's got a really strong magnet that you can use to, to, to attach it to any kind of underwear. So that magnet bit, this bit goes on in the inside in your gusset. Is there a less sexy word in this world than gusset? <laughs> and this bit clips on the outside to hold it in place. You can then either control it with the uh, remote control here or also um, you can link it up and sync it up with an app on your phone uh, and create your own vibrational patterns but this is quite quiet and it means that basically you can go for a walk you can go to the shops you can go dancing um, or you can be maybe like putting on a bit of a, a striptease for your partner. At the moment, while we're on lockdown, lots of people are having long distance relationships and doing things like, um, like having video dates. This kind of hands-free clitoral stimulator, uh, I think, offers a lot of potential, particularly as your partner can then control it from afar with their phone. So it's great for play. Amazing. And then something for people who've tried fricking everything and are watching this thinking, yeah, yeah, girl, surprise me. I've tried all of that. This is from a company called MyStim. It's a black vibrator that looks like a standard rabbit. So you've got your internal probe here, admittedly quite a girthy one. There's a bit of stretch on that. Uh, and then you've got your external clitoral stimulator here. But in addition to vibrating, this emits a small electrical charge, a tiny oh. shock, yeah, into oh. the body. It's not going to be everybody's dream product, 
but it's another way of stimulating nerve endings. Um, provided that you don't have any contraindications, so you're not somebody who uses a pacemaker, for example, or you know, who doesn't get along <laughs> with electric shocks. Yeah. It's important for me to state this. I don't, as much as I uh, want to send people into uh, wonderful jolts of pleasure, I don't actually want to kill any of our listeners. So safety first. Um, it's, it causes the muscles in the vagina to contract um, automatically by giving them a little tiny shock. Um, when you, if you belt this right up to its highest setting, I can vouch the fact that it can be a bit painful. <laughs> For some people, pain is pleasure. We know that um, if, if you um, invoke pain in the body in a controlled, consensual manner, then because it provokes uh, the production of endorphins and the, the body's natural painkillers, for some people uh, that can be a very pleasurable and, and enjoyable experience. Um, so for some people, the, the pain is part of the part of the draw for this. But if you have it on a low setting, it's more like oh, I'm trying to think. It, 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 it doesn't hurt. It's an unusual sensation. It's it's not something that I've experienced any other way. Um, Alex, does do, if you um, so let's say uh, you use that quite regularly, w- would it also um, train the muscles of your uh, vagina walls to contract, like it, a toning machine? Well, I mean, actually, not 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 uh, uh, only so that you can have better orgasms. Ha! <laughs> um, I don't know whether there's any study. This is from a group of toys who are uh, that are called electrostimulation devices. I'd want to go away and see if there'd been any research done. Um, because I imagine that, you know, you get those units where you stick patches onto your abdominal muscles and they yeah. and they shock them in order to tone them. I, I can see how there might be a logical link there. Um, if you're looking for a, a toy that can help you tone your the, your vaginal muscles and your pelvic floor muscles, though, um, there's a brilliant toy called LV. Um, this is have you have you tried that? Well, Tanya Bowler, who founded it, was one of our earliest supporters of the Lady Garden Foundation, wasn't she, Chloe? So just exactly. what she launched around the same time as we did, and we're a massive fan of the LV, um, which is obviously for pelvic floor. But I think I was more so basically. Um, my uh, facialist just recommended a little device called a new face, which sends these electrical currents into your face, which is a bit like having an alternative to having um, uh, uh, Botox or having loads and loads of facials. And so that's what I was thinking about when you were showing that, because that's to make my face stay more pert. So I was just thinking there may be having a little current in one's vagina, but I'm not really bothered about what my vagina looks like or how kind of like tight it is. I'm more interested in whether or not I can use it during sexual intercourse to create um, a firmer contact and a better orgasm. I would want to go away and check whether there had been any research. I personally think that um, exercises that make you more aware of the muscles that you have uh, and that you have to consciously do are perhaps more helpful than uh, anything automated because then you know what that feeling uh, what that sensation feels like and you know what you have to do with your body to to make it happen um while we're talking about orgasms yes it's a, it's almost always a bad thing to fake them but I would say the exception is 
if you can uh, clench and unclench your vaginal muscles on purpose, so as though you're faking an orgasm physically, sometimes that can provoke one for you. Sometimes doing the action uh, can help with the traction, if you will. Brilliant. I mean, I just that that is a really, really, really great devastating we have to end but a great place to end chloe the vibrators that you uh took home with you from your hem party were they internal or clitoral or both clitoral so have you ever used an internal vibrator no me neither <laughs> we may you may have you may have changed our lives today <laughs> That's really exciting. Well, you might want to opt for um, for a, a rabbit um, that's got that internal and external, or you might want to find something more like a dildo um, and then experiment with one on the outside, one on the inside, so that you can customise that angle and the power of both and have a very, um, a very a la carte experience. It's not just about putting a toy in you or on you. It's about how you feel about that toy, how you feel about your body, how you're feeling about your relationship with yourself and others. Um, buying a sex toy or investing in a sex toy can be a great way of expanding your sexual repertoire. But I think really it all comes down to how you feel. Um, no toy is going to fix problems unless your head is in the right place. Thank you so much for coming on The Happy Vagina. Chloe and I are now obsessed, right, Chloe? <laughs> yes, Lot, <laughs> lots learned. <laughs> well, make sure that you do grab a tube of lube, ladies. Uh, <laughs> not only was Sebastian the Crab utterly correct, it's always better down where it's wetter. Um, but if you are going to be experimenting for a long time with your new sex toys, I want to make sure that everything slides and glides, okay? I don't want to see you walking like John Wayne in pain the next time I see you. So yeah, keep it slick, okay? Like the fonds. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to go off and have myself now. I'm Mika Simmons. This has been The Happy Vagina with my co-host. Chloe Delavine. And our special guest, Alex Fox. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.